0: (laughs) Thank you Lord Father prepare us now by your spirit to receive your word Lord I pray supernaturally go beyond anything I would say or do Supernaturally Lord God just do a miracle A miracle of learning A miracle of understanding A miracle of perceiving the depths The heights The width of your truth and your love Lord, I pray you would do for us in these next few moments as we study your word what we couldn't do for four years in a seminary class, what we couldn't do 30 years on the service field that you could do here tonight. Lord God, an understanding that will cause the seed of your word to find good soil and produce a 30, 60, or 100-fold return for your glory and for your honor. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So good to see you in the house of the Lord tonight. We want to dive right into the Word of God because here we are, believe it or not, November, almost mid-November. Here we are in 2019. And as we look back over this year and as we look back over our lives, we have to have a heart of thanksgiving. I pray that you have a heart of thanksgiving. If, if not, it's not. Be, it's because you haven't looked back. If you just look back and think about how much God has done for you, we would have a praise on our lips. Amen. Just think about it. He has saved us. He has saved our souls. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. He has saved our lives. He has saved our relationships. He saved our marriages. He saved our businesses. He saved our finances. He saved some of us from insanity. Hallelujah. He saved us from death. He has healed our bodies. Man, this has been a year of miracles. He has saved, saved, saved. Oh, what a Savior we have. Oh, what a Deliverer we serve. Oh, what a God. Jesus! Jesus! Man, we're on that season. Emmanuel reminding us that God is with us. Hallelujah. And He has been renewing us. Man, if you could take in measure in the spirit realm where you were this time last year, you can tell, you'd be able to tell on that meter that God has been renewing you, God has been restoring you, God has been building you up. He has been strengthening you. He has been transforming you. He has been empowering you. He has been positioning us. So all I can say is get ready, get ready, get ready. Not for 2020. I say before the close of 2019, we are going to see a a shift In a mighty, mighty way. Hallelujah. We cannot help but see that He has saved us to set us up as an amazing supernatural closeout for this year. I guarantee you, some people say, I will wait till the new year, the prophetic and say, I I know the directive. No, I'm going to take and and see the manifest of everything he said for 2019. I'm not going to let this next month and a half just go by uh, casually or get distracted in this next month and a half. I'm going to hold on to every promise he has made and I'm going to see them fulfilled in and through my life. And I believe you will as well. We know Satan's been trying to kill, steal, and destroy, hasn't he? But he has not won out. God is on our side. Hallelujah. There's wars and rumors of war. I mean, even wars going on in the Middle East and Israel. Even tonight, there's things that are going on, over 360-some missiles that have been sent over to Israel just within the last hours. I'm telling you, the enemy is at work. There's earthquakes, there's famines, there's natural disasters, there's fires. Let me tell you what. The enemy is out trying to destroy, but there's one thing he's not going to get. He's not going to get the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because I hear a clarion call, I hear it loud, and I hear it clear, and it sounds like the the voice of the Alpha and the Omega, it sounds like he who is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, he who who created it all, is speaking to his church. And he is saying, upon this rock, I continue to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be loosed. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's the call I hear. I am building my church. My church is not under demolition. My church is not under destruction. My church is not going bankrupt. My church is not going backwards. But my church is going forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we are a part of His amazing church. And I declare this word of prophecy that what God desires to do here in the last days has everything to do, everything to do with the ever-increasing manifestation of God's glory upon His people and upon the earth. I believe that everything you're going to see the footprint, the fingerprint and the voice print of God on in these last days is going to be for the ever increasing manifestation of his glory upon his people that will be manifested upon this earth. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the water as the, cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, the Bible says. And you and I get to be a part of ushering in the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah, what an exciting time to live. This is November what? 13th, I'm telling two thousand nineteen, some people say, ah, oh, this year's over. No, this year is not over. I'm here to tell you there's great things to be done. There's so much that we've been believing for since January 1 of 2019. There's things that we've been praying for, things that we have been confessing, things that we are not backed down on, things that we've not turned our back on, things that we've held on to when there, everything was trying to yank it out of our hand. We said, no, God gave it, and if God gave it, the world can't take it away. I'm not giving up on it. I'm not giving in. I'm not bowing down, no and we're going to see the... I tell you, you're going to see the manifestation of it by the wrap-up of this year. Because Jesus said He is bringing forth an ever-increasing manifestation of the glory of the Lord upon His people. Will you receive it? So that they can come upon this earth. Ephesians 5 and 27 tells us that Jesus will present to Himself a glorious church. That means a church has got the glory of the Lord on it. I mean the glory that's going to cover this earth is going to come through the church. It's going to come through this church that Jesus Christ is building. you got to believe that. you got to be a part of that. you got to be surrendered to that. you got to be submitted to the will of God. He is going to present to Himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and with Without blemish. He said to over us that he's going to present to himself a glorious church. You will be full of the glory of the Lord. I say it to you, your home's going to be full of the glory of the Lord. I say the cells of your body are going to be saturated with the glory of the Lord. I'm telling you, the organs of your body are going to be saturated with the glory of the Lord. Somebody needs to hear this right now. That respiratory system, that digestive system, that circulatory system, that neurological system, those systems in your body right now saturated with the glory of the Lord. It's going to to do a miracle of heaven on earth and through your life. He says, my church should be full of my glory, my honor, and my splendor and my beauty shall be manifest in and through my body, the church, hallelujah, that will shine forth with heavenly glory, being so bright that it will affect the world, being so bright that it will change the world. God wants to change the world by doing miraculous things in and through your life, hallelujah, conforming us to the body of Christ without spot or without wrinkle, he says. There's a supernatural work of God to remove the spots to remove the compromises. Don't fight God don't fight God. Fight the devil and join God. Let the compromises go. Let the weaknesses go. Let the stain that begs for attention go. Let it be washed in the blood of the lamb. Let it be white as snow. Don't let that stain stand out as something that grabs attention of the world to say, oh, look at the people of God. There's no power. There's nothing but spot. There's nothing but wrinkle. There's nothing but stain. I'm telling you, God says, I'll do it in you and through you and around you and by You and and in such a way so the world can see that I am behind the glory. Hallelujah. God Himself. There is a supernatural work to remove all that which deforms or disfigures the old relic of Adam. Be conformed, be conformed by being transformed by the hand of God. Amen. He said, without blemish. That alludes to the sacrifices that they would bring and they would offer to God. They had to be without blemish. Our sacrifices of praise and our sacrifices of worship and our sacrifices of service unto the Lord should be without blemish. That we do what we do as unto the Lord. That the jobs that we even do in the marketplace we do as unto the Lord. That means your work becomes a place of ministry. That means your desk or your the place in the warehouse that you work becomes a platform, becomes a pulpit for ministry ministry because you do it as unto the Lord. You're reaching people that the church may not ever have been able to reach out and get into the church but you're the church, you're going out there and you're going to bring them in. You're going to bring them in. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm just preaching tonight from glory to glory. I just felt like the Lord says it's from glory to glory. He said, don't you let them in this year and think we got to wait till 2020. He says, tell them tonight. Tell them tonight. He said, speak through those cameras and tell the world that will listen that God is taking us from glory to glory. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's taking your family from glory to glory. He's taking your health from glory to glory. You say, Pastor, I got it so good. It ain't good enough. He's going to take it to another level. You say, Pastor, things are so peaceful. Let me tell you what. It is chaos compared to the next level of peace he wants to take you to you say I got more than enough let me tell you what you're broke compared to the next level of prosperity he wants to take you to he wants to take you from glory to glory in a few minutes we'll go and turn to a passage in 2nd Corinthians but let me just set it up before we go to that scripture in 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 this is probably one of the most important chapters you will find for the church today And the reason being, I'm going to give that to you because it gives us a better understanding of what the glorious church is and how we are to function. It helps identify us. It helps us to recognize what God says the glorious church is and how we are to function. And in it, it it gives us a contrast of two huge worlds. The first world is the Old Testament world. And it's talking about Moses who, when he went up to the mountain to meet with God, he has an encounter with God and the goodness of the Lord passes before his eyes, the Bible says. And he is so dumbfounded by what he sees that the Bible says he comes staggering off of the mountain and he comes back to the people and he doesn't realize that he's shining like a great big spotlight that is shining and it scares the people. And and they wanted to put a blanket or a veil over his head because he was glowing so. But the Bible says that what they saw was fading. Can you imagine how bright it was when the goodness of the Lord first passed before him if when he finally gets off of the mountain, it had faded some, and they're afraid of the faded illumination of the glory of the Lord. Now the second world that God is showing us in this scripture that we're going to be looking at in a few minutes is where it's kind of led up by Paul giving us instruction from the Holy Spirit. And he says this with Moses was absolutely amazing. But it came from the letter. It came from the letter. And he went on to say, And the letter of the law kills. But that which we, the church have comes from the spirit and the Holy Spirit what he gives is life so he's contrasting these two worlds so what is available to every New Testament believer bump somebody and say that's us that's us get excited that's us hallelujah don't go to sleep that's us don't drift off that. He's talking about us. So, so what's available to you and me tonight as New Testament believers is not only superior to what Moses experienced, but what Moses experienced was short-lived and was fading. And what you and I have not only stays the same, but it is ever increasing, the Bible says. You can't get a better deal than that. That what you receive from the Lord as Moses received from the Lord, you would think it can't get any better. And God says, yes, it does. It's ever increasing. It goes from glory to glory. Let's look at the Scripture, 2 Corinthians 3, 7 and 8, and look at it together. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was... It was passing away. How will the ministry of the Spirit be not more glorious? Hallelujah! What we have is more glorious than even what Moses had there in the very presence of God. I don't know about you, but I want to say amen. Amen. That the latter accomplished that, now the Spirit is going to accomplish this. He was showing us. The the latter, in its limitation is giving something that is so powerful that the people had never seen anything like it, but that is fading in small potatoes compared to what the Spirit is going to give the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's the deal. And, And it's for now, he said. It's not for heaven, it's for now. It's not for someday, it's for today. He goes on to verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I think we need to read that again to make sure we get this. Look at verse 18. He says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're looking at what God has presented to us in and by his spirit. And he's showing us by his spirit where we are to be that we are not what we see in a natural mirror, but we look in the Word, we look at the promises of the Word, we look at the presence of God, we look at the Spirit of God, we look at Jesus, and we see where He is transforming us and and changing us and taking us to so that as Christ was, so are we. Hallelujah. So another way to say this is we are beholding the glory of the Lord. But we wake up and discover as we're beholding the glory of the Lord, we realize that it's like looking in a mirror. That what we see in Him, He has now transformed into us. What we see in Him becomes that which is manifest in and through us. He wants the world to see Himself in and through the reflection of you and me. His glory on us, in us, through us, being shown as Moses was illuminating, as Moses was was radiating, as Moses was showing the reflection of the glory of the Lord. And that was fading as it was under the law. That which we have under the Spirit is not only this bright, but it gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. From glory to glory. Now, why would he use this analogy? He tells us why. Because he says we, verse 18, latter part, are being transformed into the same image. Do you know that? That God's plan is to transform you into the image of His glorious Son, resurrected, keys to the kingdom, authority over all the power, no devil in hell can rule and reign, and you are to be that representation of him on this earth hallelujah so many of the church so much of the church they don't they don't understand that we're just getting by we're just holding on there's a mansion over the hilltop one day one day there'll be no tears. one day and god says i want to do something in you here and now This earth needs a representation of my glory. This earth needs to see my power. This earth needs to see my goodness. This earth needs to see my healing virtue. This earth needs to see my delivering authority. This earth needs to see it and they're going to see it through my church. I'm going to create a church. I'm going to build a church and it's going to be a glorious church because its purpose is to carry the glory. And you and I are a part of this church, so you and I are a part of the fashion and plan of God to reflect His glory. And in order for His glory to be out there, it's got to be in here first, in our lives. Why do you think He wants... Why do you think the enemy wants us to be introspective? Okay? Because we reproduce what we see. You better be careful. We're going into this season. There's shorter day of sunlight. A lot of people say, "Oh, this is the time. There's not as much sunlight. You're going to be spending more time indoors and less outdoors, and you'll get interspe- uh, you'll get introspective, and you will get depressed, and and they start dictating you how this season's going to be." I say, "The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar." Come on now, because if we do re- only reproduce what we see. And the devil tricks us and we start getting into perspective and we start looking within. That explains a lot of issues right there. It's like a minister count, counseling with someone and they say, Pastor, I've tried this and I've tried that and nothing seems to work. I, I've just got so much emptiness inside of me and drugs don't fix it and alcohol doesn't fix it and sex doesn't fix it and money doesn't fix it and position, Pastor, I found position. That didn't fit power. That just doesn't fix it. What? am I to do? Now, at that moment, anybody, I'm telling you, a grasshopper could could lead them to Jesus Christ, okay? Because they're wide open. But imagine, just imagine a pastor who would say, well, brother, what you need to do is you need to stop, take a little time, and look inward. What? Where do you think they found all that negative stuff to start with? No wonder the devil wants us to look inward because we reproduce what we see. Here in verse 19, 18, he says, But we all with unveiled face. He has lifted the veil because we've turned to him. This isn't about hiding and looking inward, this is about looking outward and looking upward. We're turning to Jesus. We turn to Christ in absolute surrender. He removes the veil so that we can see Him for who He is. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So when we see Him, we see the glory of the Lord. And what does it do? It goes on, and says, we are then being transformed into the same image. As we get, stop looking in, poor pitiful me, I'm this happened, that happened, I didn't get this, I didn't get that. No, we look at Him, and He's glorified. He is a glorious God. And as we look at Him, what does He say? A transformation begins to take place. And now we're being transformed into the image of Him from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That the Holy Spirit is doing the supernatural transforming work in our lives as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah! And we glorify Him and we worship Him and we look to Him as our example. Wow! Picture this, you're on a train and you're traveling down a track. And as you're on this train and you're traveling down the track, this next image would kind of show you as you're looking ahead on that track, you, you, you see that you've got to go where the track's laid, right? You can't say, well, you know what? This track's going north. I want to go east. Listen. Nope, you can't. As long as you stay on that train, you can't go to the left or the right. And there's this powerful engine that's pushing it where the track has already been laid. Now, now, now I want you to take that image and think. When you are born again, and you begin to live your life in total surrender to Christ, where you're laying your life in His hands, in His will, in His purpose, in His plan, and whatever track He's laid out, and whatever engine the Holy Spirit wants to take and push you through it, you're surrendered to His will. Let me tell you what. You are empowered by the Spirit of God to go where Jesus has already gone. You're not going into the unknown land. You're not going somewhere that that nobody's ever been. You are going on a track that has already been laid out by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You're positioned to go only in the direction of this track. And He tells us what this track is. It is a track that takes us from glory to glory. Hallelujah! If you say, I'm not moving from glory to glory, you're not on the train. Or you're on the train, but you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to empower and push you forward. Because if you're going where God's taking you, you're going from glory to glory. We began 2019 on this track, going from glory to glory. And here in November, as we're wrapping this year up, we're going to wrap it up at the next level of the glory of the Lord. We're going to be walking in the power and the might and the love and the evangelism and the outreach and the advancement of the kingdom like never before. I declare we will write in the history books that Christian embassy and the people of this house have gone to a whole new level before this year ends because we're not abandoning the track. We're going from glory to glory. Now the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of what? The glory of God. So we know that it was God's original goal. he was, was His original destination. That and, and I would say the actual realm that we were born to live in was what? His glory. Because when we sinned, we fell short. We were created in that glory. Sin has caused us to fall short of the glory of God. At the fall of man, we fell short of the glory. Had there not been a Christ then we would still be out of the glory. But there's one who came who says, look to me, and it would be as though you're looking in a mirror, and what is being restored unto you, glory to glory. His whole plan of coming, yes, was to forgive you for those who would place faith in Him. For Him to reconcile us back to God for those who will place their faith in Him for Him to provide through the atonement every, every supernatural, miraculous provision of heaven on earth for those who place their faith in Him. But in and in, in all and through all of that, we get back to the original intent of that which we fell in Adam from, and that is the glory. God wants to restore you, your family, your health, Your wealth, your relationships, your purpose, your destiny. He wants to restore it to the glory. But not just any glory, not even a glory of the Old Testament that fades after it's spent face-to-face time with God. A glory that is ever-increasing, that is going from glory to glory. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And that's what the apostle Paul is describing here that as we take time to behold him, to behold his glory, what we see is what we start to become. You don't spend time beholding the glory of the Lord. You won't find this transforming power by the spirit in your life. The world, and let me tell you we're getting in a busy season, so I'm trying to give a warning, will try to offer even great distractions, not sinful distractions, not even mediocre uh, distractions, but the world doesn't care if it will even offer you good distractions as long as you don't behold the glory of the Lord, that Jesus is not first and center in your life, that you can tag him along with anything you're going to do as long as you don't put him first. The Bible says there's some things that we are only to do and we are to worship God only. Only worship Him. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, but worship Him only. We're to make sure nothing comes between us and us beholding the glory of the Lord. Because what we see is what we start to become and if we behold the glory of the Lord then we will find that we are being transformed from glory to glory. Now here's an example. In John chapter 7, verse 37, you remember at the Feast of Nations or Feast of Tabernacles that we were talking about what last month or so. On that last and great day of the feast, Jesus stands up. If you remember, the, the, they've gone out one gate, they went and with a golden pitcher, and they've gotten water. Uh, they've gotten the silver pitcher with the blood of the grape in it. Uh, the other priests have gone out the other gate, and they've gotten the sacrifices, 10 bulls a day for 7 days, for 70 bulls, 70 sacrifices for 70 nations to represent God came for every nation around the world. And then the other gate, they've got the palm branches and the willow branches. Is there, uh, uh, not the palm branches, but the willow branches that they're going to put on the altar uh, there and, and, and build a, uh, there on the altar. And then when they all come back in, what happens? The flutist comes out. You know, a messianic processional that is saying a Messiah is coming, a glorious one is coming. What we have here is the blood of animals but there's the blood of one coming that's going to wash away our sins. Our sin will be removed as far as the east is from the west never to even be brought up again. The stain that cannot be taken out of the fabric, the blood of the the Lamb of God is going to be able to cleanse it as though there was never a stain there. Hallelujah. They said we want the Messiah. This Messiah will deliver us. This Messiah will empower us. This Messiah will bring us out from under the bondage of man that we cannot be controlled by the devil but that we will exercise authority over the devil and they just saying the Messiah and the flutist is playing the Messiah and they've got the pitcher of water from the pool of they're pouring it on the altar and they're all crying out and they're walking around the altar walking around the altar seven times walking around the altar Messiah come Messiah come and Jesus stood in the midst of that time and he cried out saying if anyone thirst let him come to me and drink And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke concerning the spirit. First of all, the imagery here in verse 38 is absolutely imagined. Uh, Just amazing to me that Jesus is saying what I bring to you He who is building the church, a glorious church. He who brings and ushered in the glory of heaven back to this earth, hallelujah. He who came to us with by sin had fallen short of the glory of God to restore us back to the glory. He is saying, you got to come to me. you got to come and drink. And if you'll drink out of your heart, will flow rivers of living water. How amazing is this that a drink can become rivers? That a drink can become rivers? That whatever you taste of in God, you become a representative of here on this earth. He said, if you'll just come and taste of my glory, now you'll become a representative of my glory. But that taste will not just be a taste that you represent, but out of you will supernaturally by my Spirit be rivers. Rivers, not just a river, but rivers of living water and rivers of my glory and rivers of my anointing and rivers of my power and rivers of my authority and rivers of my truth will flow out of you. I'm going to cover this earth with my glory as the waters cover the sea and I'll use the imagery of water, rivers of water flowing out of you that's going to cover this earth as it brings forth my glory you got to see delivered people become the avenue of God to deliver people. Hallelujah! Healed people become the avenue of God to heal people. Prospered people become the avenue of God to prosper people. Saved people become the avenue of God to save people. What you have tasted, you're able to give away, but not in taste form, but you're allowed by the Spirit to give it in river flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Freely have you received. Freely you are to give. Verse 39, he says, But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now you got to get this. you got to get this right here. Picture it. The Holy Spirit has not been given. He's the engine on the train that's going to take us from glory to glory on the track that's already been laid out by Christ. But the Holy Spirit up in this, till this time had not been given. Why? He tells us why. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Do you see that? He was not yet glorified. Now you got to get this. This is good. This is so good it will it'll put a pep in your step. It's good. I always thought that the disciples could have used the Holy Spirit being in them much earlier than the day of Pentecost, right? They messed up a lot. Just read it, just read it. Don't just pick in, read the Gospels. You can read the epistles as well. You see a lot of mess up. I just couldn't figure out why Jesus wouldn't give them the gift of the Holy Spirit a little earlier. They could use the Holy Spirit. Why did He wait until His death, His burial, and His resurrection? Man, it would have prevented a lot of messes. So I thought. But this verse right here tells us why. The Holy Spirit couldn't be given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Right? So let's stop and think. Why is the Holy Spirit given to us? He was withheld because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay. But once Jesus was glorified, then He was given. Now the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. He leads us into truth. He comforts. Yes, He does. He affirms. He gives us counsel, the Bible says. He empowers us to live in power and walk in purity. Yes, He does. Now, that whole list and a whole lot more is is so amazing, but it really has one agenda to make us like the glorified Jesus. The Holy Spirit has come to make you like the glorified Jesus. Now here's the deal. The Holy Spirit was not released to live inside of the disciples until Jesus was first raised from the dead, ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father, and was glorified. And the reason being is because the Holy Spirit's purpose is to make you like the glorified Jesus. Jesus says, what you've seen me do, you're going to do, but even greater things are you going to do, and that is because the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, in you, flow through you to conform you into my image, but not my image as the suffering Savior, but my image as the glorified Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is whom we, who we are being transformed into His image. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to make you like the glorified Jesus. Hallelujah! And if He had done this before, the Holy Spirit would have made us like the Christ on His way to a cross. And then we would be always like Christ on our way to our cross. And we would not be like Him who is seated at the right hand of the Father and glorified where every work of the enemy is then under his feet. See, God's intentions for you while we are here on this earth and closing out this year are greater than your wildest imaginations. I'm here to tell you. Now, now we're not talking about heaven. Heaven is great, much better, eternity, all of that's ahead of us. But I'm talking about what God has for you now while your feet are still on the ground, okay? You've heard the testimonies that, that uh, I have about, you know, you know I, I've heard them as well about people who have converted from Satanism who tell you how when they would see a Christian and they would tell you this, not just anybody claimed to be a Christian would fit into this category, but when they saw a spirit filled Christian, they, they'd say it was like a light or a fire resident on that person. I've had people come up to me before and say, I used to be scared of you. And I said, why were you scared of me? And they said, there was such a light and a fire about you. And I wouldn't serve in God, didn't want to serve God, hated God. But there was something illuminating about you. It used to make me afraid. And then it caught my attention. And then like a fire, it drew me to it. And now you've told me about Jesus. And I'm yielding my life to Christ as well. Hallelujah. 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 The problem is that so few Spirit-filled believers are aware of what you carry. We so easily do what the Bible tells us not to do. We hide it under a bushel, what God is doing. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit was given to us after Jesus was glorified because the Holy Spirit is transforming us into the image of, of He who was raised from the dead, who ascended unto high, who is at the right hand of the Father, and who is glorified. So now we are raised in Christ. We are seated with Christ. Why do you think it says that? We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're joint heirs with Him. We are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. We're blessed coming in and we're blessed going out. Why does it say that the devil and every one of his works is under our feet? Why does it say that we have authority over all the power of the enemy? Because that's what Jesus has. And He's glorified. And the Holy Ghost is trying to get us to see that He's trying to move us from glory to glory as well. Hallelujah. Now John who wrote this in John 7 that we just read, he gives more to it in 1 John 4 and 17 on the same subject. And he says it this way. Because as he is, so are we. Not as he was on a whipping post. Not as he was hanging on a cross and taking the curse. Not as he was laying in a tomb wrapped in those linens. No, as He is, raised alive, all power, all might, all authority, glorified. Hallelujah. Because as He is, so are we not in heaven, but in the world. Right here, now. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I want to just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost, take me on down the track. I'm telling you from glory to glory. Here we come. Hallelujah. And introspection is what shuts all this down. Did you know the devil will even trick you with introspection to make you infatuated with your gifts? Make you infatuated with the favor of God. All about the favor of God in you and the gifts of God in you and how wonderful God is to you. Let me tell you what. You got to say, I got to keep my eyes on Jesus. I got to keep my eyes on Jesus who is glorified, who is filled with wonder and ever increasing. He has for me where I'm at now. Thank God I'm here. Thank God I'm not where I used to be. But I'm praising you, Jesus, for where you're yet going to take me. Don't settle. Don't stop. Don't abandon the train. Brother Jeff was telling the story when he and his friend were playing, in back, playing back in the day. And they lived near a train track. You all jumped on the train. The train got to going real fast. And they're like, how in the world? This thing going to Norfolk. What are we going to do? They knew the train wasn't going to turn around. They knew we, they got to take the dive and, and, and patch ourselves up or we're we going to end up where these trains go. And they took the dive. Well, I pray when you get on this train I'm talking about that God has t- take us from glory to glory. You don't d- take the dive. You stay on it and you reach the destination. Amen. Because let me tell you what. He who, you know, John had his head on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. He recognized, he was recognized by Jesus as a friend on a very personal level. And he's the one that wrote after seeing Jesus... In Revelation 1, you remember, he's the one that gives us the book of Revelation. And there Jesus is standing there with the eyes of fire and hair white as wool and feet of burnished bronze and all the stuff he gives us in the book of Revelation. The image of Jesus resurrected and ascended and glorified. And they're at the right hand of the Father. And it's that John, the one who wrote in the book of Revelation, is the same John who is writing to you and me right now. As he is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah! And you and I are on a track that's already been laid. Jesus has gone ahead of us. He's already raised from the dead. He's the first fruit. Your body, take last breath, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But this body is going to be raised one day as well and glorified, glorified to fulfill its eternal purpose. Hallelujah. He's already ascended, so you and I are going to ascend. He's already glorified so that He can take us from glory to glory. Hallelujah. The train track is well in place. The Holy Spirit is empowering you and he is empowering me to go on this trip from glory to glory. We shouldn't be going backwards. We shouldn't be going. We shouldn't be stopping. We should stay forward motion. Amen. Because we only have one absolute destination, and that's to be full, that's to fully and accurately represent, or I like to say it, represent the Lord Jesus on earth. We are to represent Him on earth until our time is up or represent Him. Every day of our life, we are representing the works of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the deliverance of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, the kingdom power of Jesus. I'm telling you, He's King of kings and Lord of lords. You're the little K kings and you're the little L lords. We are to represent Him on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is returning, the Bible says, for a body that is in equal proportion to the head. The way, I, I like I said, our church, we have, a, we have an anointing, thank God for it. I'm getting requests almost daily from small churches all around America and all around the world to come under our covering, to come under our tutelage. They, want, they, they like what they hear. They said, I've never heard life I've never heard calling and purpose and destiny for a church like I'm hearing at Christian Embassy where we're drying up on the vine, we're dying, we're, 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 we're internally fighting, we're destroying ourselves, and we need help, we need help, we need help. If the church remains that way, Jesus is coming back for a body of the bride that shrivelled up, that's atrophied and that is, is paralytic and, and almost near to death, but at the head, he's the head, he's healthy. Uh-uh, no, that's not what He's coming back for. He's coming back for a body that is in equal proportion to the head. And if we, the church are the body, then he is giving us health and direction and an infusion of his spirit and nutrition of heaven and health and, 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 and guidance so that we are in proportion to the head. Hallelujah. And the good thing about you guys is we have a church that other churches are rep- recognizing we need to get on your workout plan. We need to get on your worship plan. We need to get on your uh, understanding of Christ's plan. Our theology is killing us. Our, 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 our traditions of men are killing us. We need help. We need help. And I say, we're going to help them. We're going to help them. And, and we're going to pray for them. And we're going to give them wisdom and give them counsel. And there'll be times we'll even have to maybe send teams to different places. It's going to get so... But we're going to help them. We're not going to let the body of Christ atrophy. We're not going to let the body of Christ become what it's not declared to be in the Word, which means that part of our purpose and destiny is to bring life and is to bring help and is to bring health to the body of Christ around the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are in this process of being transformed into His image day by day. Pastor Radika and I, we got up this morning and we say, oh, there's a lot on the calendar, there's a lot planned out today. But we are not going to come to bed tonight the same as we got up this morning. We're being transformed into the image of Christ day after day. We're going from glory to glory. And I tell you, God had a sitting one time today. He had a sitting with his multi, multi-millionaire who is talking to us and asking us questions about the church and the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're able to share from our heart someone that, if I call the name you, it's a, it's a nationally known name that every one of you would say, oh, yes, I know, I know that. And there we God positioned us and we're able to share the love of Christ and, and, and able to share the direction of what God is doing in and through this church here at Christian Embassy. Hallelujah. When you see what God has purposed for your life, how in the world can sin be appealing? When you see what God has purposed for your life, to me, you look at sin and it's like, yuck! It's such a counterfeit. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Rather than sin... We want to be the real, authentic version. Amen? We choose what is authentic. We say yes and amen. It's ours. The Lord has nothing but good plans for you. He has no bad plans for you. He has nothing but good plans for you. He has nothing but wonderful promises that He's laid out for each and every one of us. And He made this purchase at Calvary. And He put everything you will ever need throughout all eternity in your bank account. You have legal access with faith in Him to draw on it beginning now. So even when you get to heaven, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, you still don't have to worry about anything because everything Jesus did on Calvary provided for you for eternity. Everything you'll ever need in heaven is yours because of what Jesus has already done. Everything that you will ever need throughout all of eternity was purchased on Calvary. That's why we thank God for sending His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. We thank God for loving us so much. We thank Jesus for coming. Amen. Which means to me, Jesus is worthy of not just any praise, but He is worthy of extravagant praise constantly right now and for eternity. Hallelujah. No wonder the angels in heaven are saying, holy, 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 night and day, holy, holy, holy. He's worthy, worthy of extravagant and praise He's beyond wonder. He's beyond awe. He is extreme in every single expression of every word you could think of. Everything about Him is only good. Good. He has no dark corners in His fault. He has no dark corners in His plan. Everything about our God is good. That's why when Brother Harry says, God is good, we say, yes, He's good all the time. Hallelujah. Everything about Him is life-giving. Everything. He's the God who is always abounding. Always abounding in love, always abounding in truth, always abounding. He's the God of more than enough. He is El Shaddai. Hallelujah. And let me tell you what, there's no other way to think. Any other way you think is just not true. He's a good, good God. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will establish this truth in you this night so that you can be freed up, freed up from all the enticement of the world And you will say, wait a minute, I want nothing but the will of God in my life. That I want to receive the the too good to be true, but it is true, will of God for my life. It's the gospel. Hallelujah. I pray that the Lord would help us never to lose sight of Jesus Christ and the cross, but the cross empty. He's not on the cross and he's not in the grave. He is glorified. He is ascended on high. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus, we just choose to focus on you and the Father's heart to be impressed with you and nothing else and no one else because you're the only one that brought life to us. Amen. And today we say yes and amen to every promise that we have in Christ so that we can... Remember that word I said, represent? We can represent Jesus on the earth. Heaven on earth, will of God, and heaven becoming the will of God on earth. My heart's cry is for an authentic and clear manifestation of Jesus on this earth through you, His people. That's my heart's cry. It's for an authentic manifestation of God. Son, Jesus Christ, on this earth in and through His glorious church. That the world will see, your neighbors will see, your co-workers will see, your fellow students will see, your peers will see His goodness, His kindness, His mercy, His power, His forgiveness. Everything about Him that is so wonderful that they will see Him in you. It's time for us to commit to moving from glory to glory. It's time for us to commit to move from glory to glory. Will you make that commitment right now? Lord, I want to fulfill your will on this earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Glory to God. You may have to move to do this, but if you would, just put your hand on someone near you. You don't have to hug them. You don't have to get up in a you know, body to body hug. Just put your hand on someone. And I want you to just pray over them right now. And just pray, Father God, increase the work of grace. Just speak that over them right now. Father God, increase the work of grace. Increase. Increase. Say it just read. Increase that work of grace. Lord God, bring forth an authentic manifestation of Your glory in and through their life, I pray. Let the world be a better place because of this person I pray for now. Let the world see Jesus. Let the world see the power of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. Let the world see the forgiveness of God. Let the world see the heart of Father God in and through this person. Yes, God, increase your work of grace. Increase. Pray it right now. Increase. Increase your work of grace. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, Jesus is returning for a glorious church. Jesus is returning for a glorious church, a bride without spot or wrinkle, undefiled and unblemished. Hallelujah. And Lord, we pray that this work of your Spirit will increase in us as we go into this night and as we go into the remainder of this week and the remainder of this year. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, do a work in us, through us, of conforming us to be more like you even as we walk out of these doors, to you be glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving forever and ever and ever. Take us from glory to glory by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.